From the Omaha Podcast Center in Winnipeg, this is Omaha. Episode number three for January 15, 2006. semi-regulars now i think i guess we should go around introducing everybody i'm michael yo joining me to my right is serena heska uh maybe soon to be semi-regular guest maybe possibly possibly and beside her is my brother brian yo again how are you yo that's good Beside him is Jared Adams. How are you doing, sir? I have smarties. <laughs> That's awesome. You're a new hat model again. Uh, it's a brown hat. Uh, and beside him is Ryan Puke Palmquist. I'm eating Jared's smarties. That's awesome. <laughs> I think I got four paintings. And beside Ryan, we have Graham the English yes, Leverick. Yes. Yes. And Bentley Oaks. Contacts. <laughs> Very good. So, anything interesting happen to anybody today? Nope. Went no? to the office, signed a bunch of papers, went home. Made 20 bucks. Uh, I, called, I called your house and then confused your mom with the call display because it said federal election was calling. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, why Matthew Lard's headquarters is federal election. I worked on my physics for like five hours. That's amazing. I am. Um, no, nothing. <laughs> Regular day at work today. I saw you. Yeah, I saw Ryan at the mall. Ooh. Maybe we should start topics before we like go too far off track. Yeah. Politics. Let's start with the polls. And I'm still hitting a limiter problem here. Sorry, everybody. I'm having audio problems. There. This is what happens when we don't have Steve. Yeah, I know. We need Steve to do the audio. So, polls, polls, polls. The SES poll. Headline, conservatives lead by eight points. Ooh, uh, Michael <laughs> likes this news. Any, any comments? <laughs> it says right there, conservatives lead by eight points. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You stole a headline from that, that thing. <laughs> NDP support is also moving up in Ontario. Hey, but down in Western Canada. <laughs> it doesn't say that, but... Uh, okay, yeah, so okay. polls... Anybody enraged? Anybody happy? I'm happy. Enraged. Um, well, I'm not surprised, but... You're not, enraged. You're not surprised. I'm not happy, but I'm not surprised. Yeah, well... Uh, yeah, and well, I'm looking at even when you break down each, each division, like, the, the Conservatives are now actually leading in Atlantic Canada, give it it's a statistical tie. Uh, and in Quebec, look at that, in Quebec, they're four points ahead of the Liberals. And they seem to be sucking wind from the block, too. The block's down to 45%. Conservatives are 24, liberals are 20. I still don't think the conservatives are going to get any seats in Quebec. They're going to split the federalist vote with the liberals, and the block are going to sweep. I'm going to make a prediction. I'll probably update it on our next week's episode. Uh, But I'm going to say the conservatives are going to get anywhere between four and six seats in Quebec. No. No They may get one, maybe two. Okay. okay, I had a, actually, I have a very relevant thing to contribute to this. Okay. Uh, today in the office, we had a woman... Just uh, to clarify, you, you were a volunteer with Matthew Lard's candidate, yeah. NDP candidate. Yeah, we had a woman there who was uh, from Quebec, and she was the wife of one of our the people on the team. And uh, she was saying that although the 
the, she's saying that the, the right, in uh, whether they be the fiscal or social right in Quebec, mm -hmm. she was saying that they have a more of attitude of living... She, she quoted it as saying, live and let be. So um, she said that the people who are like anti-abortion, anti-gay marriage and so on in, the, in uh, Quebec have more of the attitude of just, you know what, I'm not going to do that, but if anyone else wants to, fine. That's the prevailing attitude, she says, that they have in Quebec. Right. So that the social conservatives in Quebec vote fiscally. They don't vote uh, social issues. So that's well, a large chunk yeah. of their vote gone. And for the social issues, most she said most people in Quebec are fairly happy with uh, what they have. As far as, as social far as programs. Social programs in their economy. Yeah. Well, and I don't think the, the conservatives aren't threatening to take away any social programs. They're just saying they want to trim the fat on some of these overbloated social programs. Yeah, but it's overbloated social programs that they like. Yeah, it's one of the things that well, makes that that Quebec's like. Sure, they do because they get this federal federal money like funneled into the kind of province. Well, country. exactly. So why would they want to vote against? <laughs> I that? know, but it, there's obviously people that do want to vote against it when you see a four-point lead. Like, well, yeah, there's enough people in Quebec as a whole, but I don't think yeah. there's enough to capture yeah. a single right. Well, yeah. And the only place where it might happen is Montreal, but even then... I Actually, I'd say outside of Montreal, probably more likely like Laval and... No, I'd say Montreal would be the only riding group. Montreal's pretty red liberal. No, Montreal's federalist. Montreal's yeah. English. But, but well, they're also pretty liberal. Well, I mean, that's because for a long time the liberals were the only federalist alternative. Yeah. But I, but I even look back to the good old conservative <laughs> days of Brian Mulroney's government, and in '84 when the uh, when the um, uh, conservatives won that landslide win, Montreal still maintained at least four liberal seats. That was that was 20 years ago, though. Like, yeah, but you know, as a whole, conservatives know, were different back then. Yeah, they were. It was actually a completely different party. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, not completely different. different. It's merged merged together. Like yeah. the conservatives were a lot more left. Was a reform, they were the crazy right party back then. No, oh, yeah. yeah, that was the first reform election, though. The first reform party first came to be in 1988. The 80 election yeah. was the first time they ran. I'm talking in '84. No, oh, uh, no, yeah, '84 was the landslide year for Mulroney. Before the reform, then. yes, you're right, yes. So, conservative war, the most right party. Wasn't there, wasn't there another conservative party at the time? No, nope. there were progressive conservatives, and what there's another one? No, uh, no. Yeah, but they still weren't like crazy, right? Because they wouldn't have formed a reform party if it wasn't. Why well, I think it's too no, but far they away. Were the yeah, they, right yeah, exactly. The reform, the reform party was created because they didn't think the existing progressive well, conservatives. Well, it was also right more of a disagreement with Brian Mulroney too. It wasn't yeah. necessarily the conservative party. Mm. I don't know. They got a lot of support. Then after the conservatives were the that's Jared just found a gray smarty. Yeah, it's not awesome. Awesome. Enough coloring. I think I just ate one. I'll take it. <laughs> it may be made of ham. <laughs> oh yeah, that reminds me. Did you know that Stockwell Day is the shadow cabinet defense minister for the conservatives? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I was like, he, I was like, he's still alive. <laughs> Apparently, either that is a zombie defense minister. Oh, and I'm gonna make another prediction. If and when the conservatives form government, if and when, I don't want to jinx it. Um. My predictions for Harper's cabinet, I think Marty Salberg's going to be finance minister. This, that's just my prediction. Time will tell and prove me right or wrong. I don't think conservatives are going to get anything done. When they well, are. if they're in a minority government, gonna I, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. they're going to fight. Especially since it's possible no. now, <laughs> although I think they're going to be a block opposition, I think it's possible they could have an NDP one too if the liberals keep spirally. Yeah, no kidding, yeah. The NDP may be more populist than the liberals. Um, which, I mean, that would be an awesome yeah. parliament. 
Well, that would be, that'd be <laughs> ridiculous. That'd be a ridiculous. Part. government with any opposition is spectacular. <laughs> Talking about nothing getting done. Yeah. Uh, well, which brings me to another topic on here. There are people now, um, pundits, reporters, pollsters, that are now saying that the conservatives are at or getting close to that forty percent barrier that they are now getting into majority territory. No. No. No way. This is absolutely like they, I will make a bet. Make, make a bet. bet. <laughs> I will bet you I will give you twenty five dollars if the conservatives form a majority government. Well it won't happen. Bentley, it's okay. I can change it in editing. It's um, <laughs> Bentleys are, are like anal sound tech. You know? <laughs> it's the way that like the sound travels. Yeah, yeah, I know. So I, sh- I know I should have it more like that, something like that. My microphone's kind of crazy. So you don't honestly think that there's going to be a conservative, or there's a possibility of a conservative majority? Nope. No. Not possible. Because what they did, they just, they've taken the, the popular vote, and then they, you know, even though our politicians aren't elected on popular vote, and they've run a seat projection based on that popular vote, and it puts the Conservatives five seats away from majority right now. You know, with three years of stats behind me, I can say I can prove anything. Oh, absolutely. Using stats. But, you know. Including as your grandmother will win. Yeah. I, no, I, I know statistics are easily arguable, but what I'm saying is, is that. They have enough momentum, and they have enough popularity now that people are starting to say the majority will. Now, mm. personally, I don't like it as a conservative because what's that? What's going to tell me is people are going to get scared shitless because they go, like, oh, no, there's going to be a conservative majority, and they're going to flock back to the liberals. So that's why I don't think you're hearing a lot of the conservatives liking this idea. They want to portray it as they're, gonna, they're aiming for a minority, and if they accidentally get a majority, oops, all the better. Well, maybe, but. Well, everybody's going to want whatever they can get. You know, Paul Martin's hoping to win his own riding, for God's sakes. Well, because he's hoping to. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to win. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, you know, and actually, it's interesting in, in his riding of LaSalle. It's Lavelle. It's, I can't remember the name of it. It's just in, it's in urban Montreal, suburban Montreal. And it's, uh, you know, he's he's actually not, I wouldn't say a fight, but... When he's looking at, he's only going to get 45-50% of the vote, you know, that tells you something. The other the other 50 is going to get split. That tells you something right there. There's there's problems with the Liberal Party. When the leader's actually not landslide winning his seat. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um, okay, but enough about statistics, possibilities, whatever. Um, I'm going to go into some policy Healthcare, because I know Ryan's just going to get really, really revved up about this one, about my ideas on healthcare. Yeah, but before, but they're be, stupid. Before we, before we just get into this, because it might come up, I just want to go over what the notwithstanding clause is. And it's a nice, boring constitutional term that'll make everybody fall asleep. It's, it's a, Why are you telling us that? Because it, may come, because it actually regards something with healthcare. It's, it's a, a clause in the Constitution of Canada that says that if the Supreme Court mandates something in, in that saying the Constitution says that yes, this is possible, Parliament can go and use the notwithstanding clause and invoke it and override that ruling. So it's actually a way that democracy can override the courts. Um, for better or for worse, Paul Martin's threatening that he says if he's or not threatening, suggesting that if he wins again, that he'll he'll get rid of the federal arm of it, so the federal governments can't do it. Like Quebec uses it quite often to you know override their uh, French language laws so that they can have 
uh, French more predominant than English, because under our charter, everybody's equal, so English should be as equal as French, but Quebec says, no, we're Quebec, so we're going to use the notwithstanding clause so we can get more French than English. Obviously, Canada's more English than French anyway, though, so yeah, yeah, I, know. I guess they have yeah. their right to do that. Yeah, but that's, <laughs> you know, well, and that's, <laughs> that's you know, <laughs> that's just what the notwithstanding clause is. But anyways, into healthcare. I'm going to say what I think about it, and Ryan, you're going to try and shoot it to pieces, I know. Um, I don't need to try. <laughs> <laughs> I think... I think in this country, we should have a publicly funded, privately delivered healthcare system. Meaning that you as a patient, as a citizen, do not pay anything for your basic healthcare. So basically, the system we have now. The system, we, except <laughs> that government is not in the business of running, administering hospitals. Yeah, it's private companies that run it, and then those companies bill the government as an insurer of the people to pay for the okay, services. Mike, I've already explained to you thousands of times that the companies aren't going to spend the money they need to spend to treat low chance of survival patients. They're just going to invest all their money in treating things like colds and flu, and then everyone else. But there's can no screw. money in that, Ryan. There is so much money in that. There's there's <coughs> no money in treating. Uh, there's no Ryan, money in treating. Ryan, then no, why is a drug company spend all their time fight developing anti-cancer drugs instead they of they don't spend all their drugs? time inventing anti-cancer drugs? They spend all their time inventing anti-weight lo like weight loss drugs and yeah, all like doing. all the stuff you but see. But there is a good and they're the more expensive drugs given. But there are a, like because there is a demand because there are people there. So obviously like how there's come money companies, to be made. How come companies don't spend their money on trying to invent uh, cheap uh, anti-HIV drugs to give to Africa? How come they only want to invest on like? really like powerful ones because that'll work on the western country you want to honestly you know because there's more money in that. i you know i don't know but you want to know why i think about why that is is because i think africa isn't a guaranteed payer they may give that medicine to them but they well exactly that, exactly That's, yeah. but, not a, you just but, proved yourself no wrong. what i'm saying is these corporations that um that are going to build the government everybody's going to want to build the government it's the same reason you know the only retail stores are take government checks it's because government is a guaranteed payer like but they're not going to they're not going to spend invest their money that they're getting from the government. They're not going to invest their money in tr uh, building in like a machine to treat a patient where it's like the first time that disease has come up in 30 why, years. Why not? Then they have an edge on the market. If anybody else there gets is, that, then but they're there is fully no market equipped. for that stuff. Sure there is. There's always like, there people. are diseases that people rarely get. They're very very rare diseases. And, and you think the public system right now would build no a, yeah a the public system it. does its best to treat those that stuff. But then the why private system the, wouldn't. The yeah. private system would just say, why spend our money on this unbelievably expensive machine to treat these, like, one to ten people when we could spend our money on getting more beds and treating people and just buying more antibiotics to give but to people and because, build Because that's a limited market. There's only no, it's so not many. a limited market. There's a, okay, Mike. It is a limit. No. I'm going to be honest with you. In healthcare, it's a limited market curing people. No, Mike. You know, what, you know how they can really make money in this system? All they have to do, all they have to do is... Uh, Bill the government for tens of millions of dollars worth of antibiotics and give antibiotics to every single person that yeah, walks in Yeah, but then we'll the develop antibiotic immunities. Well, exactly. Yeah. But that's there's more money in that than there is in actual treating the problem. So no. that's what they do. No, because it's, it's not a question of turning patients over. It's a question of getting the big billings. If you have a... A person with this rare illness—I don't even know what kind of illness we're talking about, honestly. But there are because I don't know—I don't know of an illness that only affects you know less than a fraction of the percentage of the country. What about like schizophrenia? There you go. Or like conjoined. I'm sure there's over ten people like, in Canada suffering from schizophrenia. I'm saying that currently I, our system. Or like conjoined it's, twins. It takes yeah. hours, and it's like it's like 
it's like a hundred hour. It's like a hundred hours worth of but, operating time okay, to do that. So but, why why take the, why take the talented okay. doctor to do this hundred hour operation on the conjoined twin when he could go and do fifty operations on people who have because they can charge the government more for that operation. No, they can't. Right. They charge sure. the same amount. No, they can't. Because no. the doctor is more educated, so I have to pay him more. It takes longer, more bed no, time. No, the doctor's more, more educated, which means he can do at cheaper surgeries no, he faster. Can do, no, he can do harder surgeries at more expensively, but better. What? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make yeah, sense. Right. Sure it does. It does. Implying that you, speed has nothing to do with it. Speed has nothing to do with it. You can no, you, no, yeah, no, you no, can get a whole bunch of or you can get a whole bunch of Daxon doctors if yeah, we can call them that to like flip over and just do you know like <laughs> setting setting broken bones <laughs> and you we could get these good 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 ultra great surgeons pay them shitloads and advertise we have the best surgeon in the country the best facilities in the country. Come to us. What, Mike, this advertising money, advertising yeah. we have the best surgeon, <laughs> instead of spending it on treating their patients? Like, no, that's the patient care is being spent or is being paid so for. So where are they government. getting this extra money from then? They can, they can have venture capital funds. They can have all sorts of different so things. Now you're, so now you're saying that the hospital shouldn't be con is taking parts of its resources and spending them on stock markets? Like, that's retarded. That doesn't make any sense. The government does it. What? Look at labor funds. Yeah, but my, like Crocus. Those, like Cro yeah, Crocus, exactly. But Crocus is designed to get, get money to people, to the Canadian Citizen Crown Corporation. And it's designed no, it's, for it's the benefit of the public. It's not for out in for itself. Well, also, this is. is for the benefit of the, of the people working for that company, which is a small public. What company cares about the people that work for it? The ones have you that ever worked? Like, have you ever no, I haven't. That's have a problem. Ever, have you ever looked? There you go. Like, look, boss, like, the people in charge of the company don't give a shit about the employees. Sure they do, because they no. want good employees. Yes, if you no, work but, at Michael's or you work at Walmart, no. But if you work at, I don't know, okay. uh, yeah, our architecture firm, they want good people. Yeah. Okay, example, no. Microsoft. Why are so many people uh, from the Google Corporation getting easily getting Microsoft employees? Because Microsoft doesn't care for their employees. They expect their right. employees to work 13 hours a day. While at Google, they have actually downtime. They have yeah. five hours downtime. And yet, Microsoft, and they have spectacular. And Microsoft is a huge corporate company. But look at Google is stealing their people because they... Yeah, I don't I mean, know if Microsoft they pay any better, still but they have better billions, working so conditions. They, they pay less. Microsoft is still making billions, so what do they care? I'm still I'm too loud, eh? Well, I don't know what we're going to do. Just mic errors. I don't know why that's like that, but anyways. Okay, guys, back me up, please. I know you realize how absurd this is. Mike is making sense. Yeah, no, yeah, he's not making sense. Kind of borderline. Great. Okay, great. Some of what you say makes sense. Some of what Mike says makes sense. Some sort of like combination. You can also make money off of like advertising or like Coke machines. Yeah, but I don't get the school. The school pays Coke. To sell their products then. Exactly. And they can spend that money on no, whatever I, they want. I mean, I don't get why it has to be a company doing this when you could just because, get an efficient government body. Because there is no such thing as an efficient government body. Government is always going to overbloat itself. And with, like, these positions, because when people get into government jobs, they're not in it for the... the the creation of the department. They're in it for their own salary. They're in it for their own pension. And with a company, at least there's a little bit of fire under their ass to do a good job. 
<laughs> which comes uh, from the abuse. Yeah. It comes. It's motivated by fear. No, it's motivated by the, <laughs> the need ambition. to do a good but, job. But, but that's why private enterprise always has a better job than public. Because public doesn't like no, that fire on no, their ass. No, because private, <laughs> private enterprise is out for itself. Well, that that's that's why yes. private enterprise does. But that's where you need regulation. Private enterprise does better than public enterprise because private enterprise is owned for itself, whereas public yeah. enterprise is in for everyone else. So of course they do poorly. But that's because that's capitalism. If it's yeah. for itself and through trying to get things for itself, it helps the public. What's wrong with that? Competition. No, but, but it won't. No, no, it helps the public marginally. But what, the billions of dollars that are locked away but, somewhere in you know, a bank it's, don't it's help better, the public. It, but, but Ryan, it's better no, to help but, the public marginally than the lesser margin we're getting right now with our yeah, pu- exactly. current public no, health care no, system. No, no, but the her- current public health care system works 10 times, 10,000 times better than this system. And why is it we have waiting lists that are like but halfway Mike, across Mike, the country? Okay, on your system, they wouldn't have waiting lists. They just have body bags full of people that they don't yeah, ask. They don't, full of people that they decided not to treat because it's No, because you can't do that. That's inhumane. You have to say you exactly. have to treat people. Exactly. That's why regu- the government That's says why you have to regulate. That the hospitals have well, to treat these people. But like I said, like it's, this, like, it's like no. we can say to car manufacturers, the government no, could say, you don't need to make seatbelts. No, That's cheaper. But no, it's inhumane to do that. We've got to have seatbelts. No, but Mike, oh, this is what I said last time to you. Every time I point, poke a hole in your argument, you keep on saying, well, that's what you have a regulation for. No, and by the time you stack so many regulations on top of your system, it's become less efficient than the current system. Getting back, getting back to this whole point, in Japan, they actually have a private system. I was actually researching this last so night. So they have a parallel system? Or no, it, yeah. It's, it's, one, it's, it's oh, basically, okay. the problem is, uh, is that the hospitals have gotten into bed with the government. So now that the hospitals are declaring the policies that the government is now putting in place for the hospitals. So you yeah. have you have hospital directors in bed with politicians. So the hospitals are now being run inefficiently. Well, yeah. And that is a threat that we're having. But you know what? Competition breeds that. You know, or doesn't, sorry, no competition breeds that. Or Mike, if they can just bill the government for whatever they want, why not just go and say that... Bill the government? What do you mean? Well, you said that they can... You said that they bill the government for all their expenses. That's what this company does. Oh, wait, does, bill. Right? I thought you said bill. Sorry. So, yeah, 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 yeah. so why not? Well, so why not? Why doesn't one hospital just say, oh, uh, I feel like having completely state-of-the-art technology for everything, and then bill the government well, for it? obviously you need to justify the patient that needs that treatment. Well, no, or you, the have demand. To, you have to anticipate patients, or, right? Okay, exactly. so you see, you, you look at statistics. That's why we gather statistics. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They don't do things on a patient-by-patient basis. No, I know. Plan. But so you got to statistically look at it. We don't have and, MRI machines. So and right now, they get, a, they get when the patient's dead or something. No, but okay, so maybe we have. So maybe there's not a hospital in Winnipeg with what you need. But you know what? We can move, take you to Calgary yeah. and give you that treatment. Yep, but these, right. these hospitals are private and they're competing. So... Why? Well, but, yeah. but the there's public no system, the public system is there's too no because they're all under regional health boards. There's no motivation to send this person to some other place because they're not profiting off of it. Because that exactly. only that other hospital gets the money. They could get an administration fee from the government. But and transfer exactly, them. you're making another yeah, exception, exactly. another regulation. No, no because it's no different than what what a lot of people are. What the liberals are even proposing. I even think the NDP are proposing the wait times guarantee, where if you can't get the 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 care in your area or province, then you will be shipped at the province's expense to another one that can provide your speedier health care. No, exactly, but that, that's, so that's the all you do. That's, that's, that's not this No, no, that's a proposal system. in the system, and I, get, I, I admit that's an improvement, but in the public, or private, private public system, it would work better because it would say, you know, you can't offer this, so you have to go here 
I'm to saying, or, or, and who's responsible? And who gets? Do that. Why doesn't yeah. one hospital? So, but they're going to be forced you know, to, so they're going to have like, to anyway. If you can do this, why doesn't one hospital just buy nothing? Have have their hospital be virtually empty, and then every time a patient comes in there, they just build a government to send the patient somewhere else. Well, no, because they not, make more money not, doing that than they no, do you buying stuff. Because obviously, not obviously, it costs more to treat a person than it does just the administration fee of filing their travel expenses. No, no, and you can't uh, run a corporation on that. Look you, at a travel you hospital. So you have a hospital that says we'll take. Well, we have a hospital that takes, say, we'll take ten so times as many uh, patients. So, as so essentially, hospital, what you're proposing, and then they build the government to send them. So essentially, you're proposing a doctor's office. Like, like you're, you no, know, no, you're, I'm saying that's what your system is going to become. A doctor's yeah, office? Gonna, no, you're going to do everything. Yes, you are. You're going to have doctor's offices. You go to see your family doctor, and your family doctor says, I think you need this. I know that's not available in this in this province. However, and they, I would say this is perfectly fine, they own shares in the XYZ company that provides health care. I'm going to say, tell you to go and, to that hospital. And why? what's the motivation for someone to... Uh, send someone off without treating them. Like if someone has a uh, flu, they're just right now. They'd be like, go home, uh, sleep for a while, eat some soup, you'll get better. Why not? Why do that when you could say, here, have some meds, meds, meds. Exactly. Build the government. That's Build the government. Exactly. That's what I'm <laughs> well, that's that's called medical ethicy. Well, no, the I'm the meds would help that them. person. It's not like it'd be bad for them. I mean, the meds would help the person, but they don't need them. Exactly. So maybe and you have to it. maybe you have to get the doctors to have some dis to discretion in the in, in what. But, but what's what, the motivation? What motivation is for them discretion? Because they're in for their own profit. Because it's a private. Because well, so the more they're, they're I'm not saying there's not holes in my system. That's one. That's a giant hole. It would still cost less than. And the then after system. five years, antibiotics would be useless. All thanks to Mike. No, because obviously you have Health Canada saying you can't prescribe antibiotics for like every little. No, but pain. actually, no, but no. But right now, that in uh, with private doctors, uh, there's a tracking of all the uh, prescriptions that they uh, they prescribe every single day. Right. And if their prescription meets a certain threshold, then prescription company A sends them a laptop. Actually, I can't remember what yeah. company it was. I think it's Advil. If you prescribe your customer, your employees, or yeah. Tylenol three, that was it. If you. Okay, yeah. List off 30 for, I can't remember how many medications it is, but for Tylenol 3s, yeah. you will get a new car. Yeah, or what's to stop it a doctor tracked. from saying, oh, yeah. I need to go to this medical conference in Los Angeles, build a government, off to Los Angeles to do two hours of study, you know what? and then and a, that's, a week and of that's vacationing, we to, build a government, and this, this comes back to my idea of regulation. Um, there's so much regulation. There, yeah, there that's is so much regulation in healthcare. Work. Absolutely, it, but you know what? It's still going to run cheaper than the current system. No, it won't. No, but no, if someone's going to make the profit, how are they going to make like? If someone's going to be making profit, like the current this, system, you're maybe not maybe we in theory well, your system can money. work. In theory, your system yeah, can work, but it requires so many exceptions. No, and not exceptions. Regulations, but it makes it more inefficient than the system we have now. No, no, it doesn't. It makes it probably. It's still I guarantee. I admit it is inefficient, but I still think it's more efficient than this current system. Well, I have a great idea. Okay, I think. Maybe this is a little crazy, but maybe we should just turn off the podcast, write down five situations of patients, and we can write down whatever d diseases we want. Pick them you, <laughs> you, you write down what happens in your private healthcare system. You write down what happens in the in the public healthcare system, and then we compare them. Um. That's, That's a good idea. Time. We're a little crunched for time. Yeah. Do you cool. want to do you want to maybe do that for the next, next episode? Let's move on to the yeah. Yeah, let's yeah. maybe we'll, look at that for the we'll, next episode. We might do that. Our health. We'll call that a healthcare debate. 
there. I'm just writing it down. Debate. Oops, that's a D. D, D. Um, you spelled debate wrong. I might have. Uh, okay, uh, yeah, so that one's obviously left <coughs> open for debate. Um, next thing I got, I, I have to go on to this. Um, I, I got in, in our studio here, I got um, the signs, as you can see. I got some election signs from different <laughs> Um You know, for... for I know, I'm going to go get more. I actually have a list over there of more candidates I'm going to visit to get signs. Um, well, you know, there's three NDPers and a green on there, too. Like, go get the communist one, Mark. I just want to try and get some name brand people. I want him to win. Yeah, right. Um, but, what, anyways, what I'm saying about it is, is that uh, I went to Reg Alcock, the liberal, member, liberal candidate for Winnipeg South. I went to his campaign office, and i got to say, I was shocked um i i'm gonna admit i think reg alcock's gonna win that riding i also think reg alcock is a, a pretty decent guy i just think he's running for the wrong team but i was shocked when i walked into there and first of all his campaign office looked like crap um you well, know like the floor yeah i know it, it like was temp job I, I shouldn't really hold that against him but it, it, it did look pretty shoddy what you will but the atmosphere, yeah. But, but the atmosphere in there was it. It felt like a tomb. Like it felt like everybody. Okay, was but you are surprised. basing this off of the four people that were in the building. Well, yes. they had yeah, two yeah. People, you like, had two people on the phone, and you had one lady who was taking tinsel off a bloody tree. Well, and I remember and remember when I walked in there and asked for a sign, and the ladies like, and, and the guys like, okay, and then the lady and the, like, and that's taking the tinsel off, she's like, wow, these people are finally starting to wake up. It's like I wanted to come in there and thump a conservative drum in there, because my God, how arrogant are you? Well, she has Mike, the right to say Mike, it. She, you're, Mike, you're I can't, you can't judge. Uh, the office based on uh, you can't judge the party based on the uh, office. No, you know? I'm not. And did I'm you just hear that CJLB report the other day when the guy went around to the campaign office all over Winnipeg and he went to the Winnipeg South Center office. He went to the conservative office. Yeah, Rod And at the, and at the uh, front, at South the front Center. desk. Oh. At the front desk, there was a oh, kid at the reception desk who was wearing a hammer and sickle t-shirt. Like, <laughs> you, if you judge a conservative <laughs> office based on that, you think they're a bunch of communists. No, but I'm saying <laughs> the, the attitude. In that office, it just you just had to be there. It just felt depressing. I'm saying you're still basing this off of four people. Yeah. And two people were volunteers. Two of them were on the phone. Yeah. Uh -huh. Like today when I was there uh, at the NDP office, at the, like five minutes difference, there was 15 people in there, and then everyone left I, to go get food and to go canvassing, yeah. and then there was just me and one other guy in there. I, and I if you walked in there, you'd be like. Wow, there's no activity. There, well, you know, what? I walked, a kid yeah, I walked in there, there yeah, um, and there's someone eating donuts. Yeah. Like, that's what was happening. What kind of donuts were there? Okay, let's take a comparison. Okay. When we went to the other liberal office, how did it feel? Raymond Smarts? Yes. People were happy, people were chillered. They did say they were looking for volunteers, but yes. they said that I was, I was definitely voting for their party. They're yeah. like, do you want a volunteer? I'm like, no thank you, I don't have the time. Yeah. But... But yes, it was yeah, more I admit. But but what I found so shocking about that is Reg Alcock is more or less considered a slam dunk in that riding. So he um, can be more relaxed. But well, I think you got to present an image of professionalism. That's true. He doesn't have a big budget, honestly. Yeah. Probably. They got well, the same no, budget as has, every other candidate. Uh, and he Reg Alcock has a thirty thousand dollar budget. Ken Cooper has a. I mean, Raymond Samard has a thirty thousand dollar budget. Ken Cooper has a twenty thousand dollar budget. Matthew yeah. Allard has a nine thousand dollar budget. Yeah. Um, and I gotta admit, I walked into Matthew Lard's, the NDP candidate's, uh, uh, riding office to get his sign. 
and I, you know, I'm not an NDP voter, but I kind of, you know, the atmosphere in there was like, I would almost call it Kesara. Like, I, I honestly, you don't honestly expect to win the riding. No, no, they just want to get. No, you, you're well, just trying just, to get the goal is to get over twenty percent. Yeah. This, right. yeah, and like, I mean, that's kind of the feeling got in there, and you know, there wasn't very many people in there. I think there was two or three people in there, and I met with the guy, and it was, you know, you felt like he didn't. I don't know, he, maybe he just was so low pressure. Like, he didn't feel offended that you were in an NDP office. It, it felt kind of fun. And, you know, and I would never vote for the NDP, but... Uh, <laughs> take it out of context. <laughs> but, you know, I, you know, and I'm just saying that's the difference. Like, and, you know, and then I was in Ken Cooper's office, and my God, that, you know, I've see, I see less activity on, like, stockroom floors. That, you know, there's people running back and forth and behind there, like answering phones and taking sign requests and getting polling numbers. And they were saying, well, okay, you know, keep in mind, how many volunteers were there and how many people were actually visiting the office? Yeah, I, I don't know, but there was at least, oh, there's at least what, 12 people in there? I saw nine. Okay, I'm nine, thinking nine now. Nine, ten, okay. But, you know, like still, there's, and there was activity <laughs> there. It felt like just like a humming machine. You know, and I, I just, they also yeah, took over again, a doctor's office right there. They didn't need yeah. to remodel like, anything. Yeah, again, you're basing all of your things off of five-minute visits. No, like, less than that, show. actually. Like, <laughs> yes. There you go. There you go. A good 30 seconds I've been so. to Matthew Ward's office, and there's been every sort of level of activity there. There's been today when it was me drawing on stuff and another guy eating donuts, and there's been other days when it was... 15 people in there, some person, Matthew Allard, fighting with people on the phone, other people <laughs> organizing their budget, like 25 people packed into that little office, and you can't yeah. judge it based on the time. I've I, I got to ask you, what what kind of donuts were they? I don't know. They were... were they Tim's? Yeah, were, were, were they Tim's? Oh, no, they were chocolates, and I chocolates. ate a lot of them. Chocolates? <laughs> like, the... One's coming in box. You're destroying a Canadian Foundation donuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, what's our next one? Oh, the liberal military attack ad. You may want to put on your headphones for this one. I'm going to play. This is an ad. Um, it, it's a TV ad, but I'm just going to play the audio off, off of it, obviously, because this is an audio podcast. Feel free. What? Oh. I think um, it was, oh, it was a, an ad the liberals pulled um actually no, after they were listen to this but i can't really um yeah Sorry. you guys you two there you're only one of you're gonna hear them because those your butts don't work so well but they don't yeah, anyways right. it's it's an ad the, the, the liberals I, I guess someone that work yeah. both work the it's an ad the liberals pulled from um the their 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 list of ad of attack ads on stephen harper because they realized that it wasn't really an attack ad but anyways, uh, uh, give him a okay, well, let's get everybody plugged in here and jacked in. Shut down oh, their mind. Okay. Can't person can't hear this. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> okay, here we go. Stephen Harper actually announced he wants to increase military presence in our cities, Canadian cities. Soldiers with guns in our cities. In Canada. We did not make this up. Well, okay, more or less they were attacking Harper over an, uh, a promise he made oh, way back early in the campaign in early December. And, and he, he was saying that he wanted to see more um, reserve personnel in Canadian cities for things like disaster relief, like earthquakes in Vancouver, hurricanes in Halifax, floods in Manitoba. 
Um, and the Liberals, because they are so damn desperate now, are attacking this as, you know, saying soldiers with guns. Well, what kind of soldier, first of all, doesn't have a gun, is my question. A good, peaceful one. No kidding. Yeah, Canadian soldiers. We use guns. words, not guns. <laughs> yeah, I know what. Words I don't know. A Canadian box? gun is a musket, right? You know, um, not even. We just got a beer at least. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that just shows me how desperate they are. Mike, Ad, yeah. that ad was released by mistake. Well, on but, a website okay. no, I, for no, two hours. No, it was released. It was, it was sent <laughs> to all. No, it was sent to all the media outlets. Yeah, and then late, in two hours later, they said, "Oops, don't play that one." Yeah, but they, the fact that they didn't play it means yeah, they like, knew they yeah, made no, it. No, but, but to me, it. the fact that well, yeah, it was made and the fact that it, was, that it got you know bundled many, to so, sent to the media you know, outlets. Tells no, but something. do you know how many? They said they said it by mistake. Do you know how many ads the conservatives and NDP and liberals probably make that they then oh, be, review and look no. over and say, this isn't going to be good? So they, did... so they scrap it. But I'm saying, like, they're but not they dumb enough to, like... Maybe it was a good faith mistake, but I don't know. I just got a question when they're actually, like, twisting a good message and making it sound well, evil. Well, good from the perspective of conservatives. Exactly. Exactly. Like, well, you're telling what, me you would not like to see more in No, you're saying Canada? the conservatives don't twist things the liberals do make them sound evil? What about that commercial where they have a giant super close-up picture of Paul Martin the evil music playing in the background? <laughs> Paul Martin wants to do this. Paul Martin's not a real Canadian. Yeah, but that's because it's true. <laughs> well, it's true. Stephen Harper does want to put soldiers with guns on our streets. Not with guns. Okay, first of all, they're not soldiers, they're reserves. Didn't you just say all soldiers have guns? Yes, but yeah. they're reserves. They're not soldiries. Reserves are Kevin carries a gun. Doesn't carry a gun. When they're brought into active duty, they become a soldier. What? When they come into active duty, they become a soldier. But they still go through all soldiers training their Absolutely. And they're well trained, so if something happens, they know how to respond to it. Okay, everything that Ad said was true, and exactly the same thing with, I suppose, with what the conservatives say about Paul Martin. It's just, it's the spin you put on it with the evil music. So well, evil music sense. out on all election ads? Oh, well, I think generally. <laughs> the, the NDP is like awful music. In yeah, the NDP. Yeah, is just, like, yeah, exactly. They're like making Paul Martin out to be a clown. <laughs> He's, a clown. He's a clown. He's a clown that says, um, uh, fundamentally, uh, um, fundamentally, uh, Harper is evil and eats babies. That's the only thing Paul Martin knows how to say. He's like a dog. He knows three tricks. That's it. I'm sorry. Who was reading off of the script during the debates? Well, okay. So he's not a good public speaker. Look down. Look up. Look down. Oh, there's a cue to scratch my chin. Look down. Look up. Look down. Look somewhat befuddled. Look down. He had action cues. I'm sorry. He at least had content in what he was saying. You know, it wasn't like it, was it wasn't like Martin. That's like the, the liberals do this. But Harper is the evilest man that ever walked the earth. I you know, it's like contacting the enthusiasm. I'm sorry, he had some enthusiasm. <laughs> Paul Martin's an extremely good politician. Like, I'll give him that. He's a very good public speaker. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I think. Uh, no, I think I think we can all agree that the best public speaker of all of them is Gilles Duceppe, even yeah. in English. Yeah. Actually, like, I was gonna... what does that say about Canadian yeah. politics when Gilles Duceppe owns all of the other politicians <laughs> yeah. in the English language? Yeah, well. Yeah. But part of that is because Duceppe really has nothing to lose in the English debates. So. so yeah, but he's still he's more he's relaxed. Still complete. Well, that doesn't mean anything. Sure he owns is. them in the French debates, too. So he is a good public speaker. He's <laughs> Except for the poverty comment, was it? There are so many children that have pov uh, uh, po in poverty in Canada. 
And this is because there's uh, the adults, their parents are very poverty-ish. This is because the children cannot support the adults. Everyone in the break room burst into tears, laughing and rolling on the floor. That was during the debates. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Talk about a blunder. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you what another blunder is, is when you're releasing policy that's not even in your book in the middle of a, a debate. You know, there's something, I, I don't know, I don't like that idea. I, He's well, going I, off the cuff. He can do whatever he wants well, in the debate. That's a yeah. major, major constitutional issue. Why? He can still do whatever he wants. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. He can bring yeah. up whatever issue he but wants. But don't you think it's kind of strange for the leader to come up with this, this policy in the middle of a debate that isn't outlined in the book? It just, you know, he didn't come up with it. He already knew it. No, was. obviously he was like, he did. <gasps> but, in the middle of the yeah. debate, that would be an awesome <laughs> idea. <laughs> he wanted to turn to the tide in it. his favor. He yeah. did whatever was like, possible. Then That's the best but... way to win a debate is to not have your opponents know everything about what you're going to talk about. No, I know. But, uh, I don't know, I just think it's, it's kind of interesting like, that they're now, they're, they're coming up with ideas that obviously wasn't in the first draft of the Red Book. So? There's yeah. nothing wrong with that at all. That's actually well, that tells me that's a rushed, th rushed thought policy. No, it's a creative thought pol uh, policy. It's if they can do things that are outside the book, then let them. Yeah, yeah just because the Conservatives have had 13 years to come up with what they want to do, that, and the liberals, so is the and NDP, the and the liberals have been governing the entire time and dealing with problems. Yeah, so now come. they're running on the record and they're losing. I wonder what that tells you. The liberals have a good record aside yeah, from their do. corruption scandals. They're, yes, but you know what? I think a conservative government would have a similar economic record. I'm well, saying everyone's gonna. If you're if you're in power for that long, everyone's gonna have skeletons. Absolutely. So wait, Mike, wait, wait, Mike. You just said you think the conservatives would have the same economic record as the liberals. What happened the last time they were conservatives in power? They were just as scandalous. They they were just had just as much scandal attached to them. If not more, that's, that's too, a huge problem in our country. Yeah, yeah that is. Look at the filming conservatives of Manitoba. They had a scandal after well, three yeah, terms in so, power. And then the NDP came in, and nothing bad happened. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Focus <laughs> <Crocus laughs> one crumbled. Lake Winnipeg's <laughs> flooding and dead. Lake Manitoba too. Lake Manitoba's Why? dead. Oh, I could go on and on. Know, Hydro's like, broke. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kidding. Lake <laughs> yeah, we can sure that uh, we can sure the provincial conservatives would do a lot to stand up for Lake Manitoba. They were like advocating. Uh, they want to flood it. Sure. Thank yeah. Goodness. Open the Devil's Lake diversion. The NDP were the only ones who were truly speaking out against that. No, no the, the provincial no, the conservatives, conservatives were, were, were against, against the it. Lake diversion. Everybody in Manitoba's oh. against it. Only on an I only on a vague sort of no like, no no they were no no they went to Murray went to North Dakota with Gary Dewar to protest that with Jess or whoever not Jesse Ventura who's the who's the uh, governor of Minnesota. <laughs> Jesse what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't he the governor of Minnesota? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Devil's Lake. <laughs> Mike Devil's Lake was in North Dakota. I know, but Minnesota's also affected by it because Minnesota's oh, on the oh, river. I thought you meant he was like the liberal guy or something. <laughs> <laughs> right, I would, I would That's what I knew he was an American. No, um... The big chain gun thing. Okay, and... and it's just Ventura. Um, yeah. <laughs> in, in review, the provincial Tories good, the provincial NDP bad. <laughs> Who agrees with that? Say I. 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 I have no opinion. <laughs> <laughs> you said I. Hey. <laughs> uh, very much disagree. If they build another, house, if they build another hog farm within like, <laughs> shooting distance from my cabin, I am going to scream. We have three within 
shooting distance from my cabin. Yes. You could shoot the pigs and get halved. You get hungry, you hop a fence. Pork chops for the week. I wouldn't trust Oh, our next issue. Our next issue is, do you want to, okay, let's just quickly go over, did you hear about the conservative highway infrastructure proposal? This yeah. is just something I found interesting. You're talking about, look how biased this thing is. <laughs> conservative majority, exclamation, question mark, exclamation. Uh, Reg Alcock campaign, HQ a two. <laughs> Liberal military pack at conservative highway and infrastructure proposal. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, you know what, I'll admit this is a conservative bias agenda, but what I'm saying is I want you to argue with me. Let's just okay. If you, actually everybody should have just the quick outline of the proposal right on the back page of their thing there. Essentially, I'll just go over what they what they're committing is they're committing to updating updating Canada's highways and major border crossings because I think it's a realistic thing. You got to realize we got to have good highways and roads to allow the economy to keep going because trucks have got to go up and down it. And I find a serious problem that when you're going from Winnipeg to Toronto, it is easier to go through the United States. I think that tells you something oh, yeah. about our highways. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, also just the general distance of it. Too. I mean, you gotta go around the. No, but if you were to so. if you were to measure it kilometer for kilometer, it's longer to go down through the U.S. <laughs> around Lake Michigan. No, it wouldn't be. Yeah, no, it's it's shorter. Yeah, it's so shorter to go, go through Canada. But the problem is, it's a two lane piece of crap road just, between oh, Kenora and like what? Sudbury. Yeah. It's actually shorter to go through Canada. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, but how much money does the United yeah, States spend? Like oh, and I'm not yeah. saying we should do that. We don't need that kind of highway system. Seem, right? I'm saying maybe we should have a twin highway from Earth. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think oh, I, I don't no, think no, I've no, 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 got that. You got a map? I'm pretty sure it's shorter. It's actually physical distance is shorter to go through the U.S. No, because it seems. If you go through Canada, you got to go around all the way. I know, but think if you go through the U.S., you got to go all the way around like Michigan through Chicago and all the way north. It's not. No, but Toronto's in the like almost. No, Toronto's about halfway through Lake Michigan. No, no, no. No, Toronto's, not. Toronto's, Toronto's at the that. same latitude as Northern California. Yeah, yeah it is. So. No, it's, isn't that Point Pelee? What are you looking at? Guys? Oh, well, it almost, uh, yeah, that's almost it. That's uh, whatever that city is across from. Yeah, yeah, but still it, or something. It, it, well, it's just no. north of North California now. But, but Toronto's so big, it's like almost all of Lake Michigan yeah. anyways. So. Yeah. yeah, but I still, I think, well, anyways, it'd be faster if you could go through Canada with a decent highway because then you wouldn't have to have two international border crossings. Yeah, like, because I think there's a problem in your country when, when we're a, a first world, economically powerful country, and we do not have a four-lane highway connecting the oh, Pacific yeah, and Atlantic Ocean. As if you're judging our, the quality of our country based on the existence or lack but of existence of our it's, it's the backbone of our economy. <laughs> He's got a point. It's the it one works. highway through all of Canada, yeah. and you need all the one two white bright lights. You are going to suck, especially when you're hungover. Yes, it's <laughs> exactly. You know what? That's <laughs> it. It's really bad. How many times in the way? Not in that area, though. Like we have to slow down. No, they are exposing by what's it called? Yes, from eastern Ontario up, it is slow. But I'm saying we need to have a plan. We want like eight or nine to figure it out. No, there is no. There's currently no need to Canada expansion plan. Hold on, we're having two conversations. Okay, sorry. Yeah, we're gonna. That, that, it's going to be really bad. Yeah. Let's try to repeat those conversations. Yeah, uh, okay. I think most people probably heard me over you I think guys, this issue is completely like, irrelevant. I think it's no, so I, I don't pointless. think it is. No, it's... Because yeah, there are lots of accidents it, the, the road is really, is really bad. Trust me. Like, after I drove out there and back, it was... Yeah, but that's it, not something that's worthy of an election issue. Like a No, I'm not policy. saying that, but I'm just saying the roads are really bad. Yeah. It's good. I'm like, saying they need to be fixed. And once like you the fix them, they'll be good for a while. Yeah. And, me, and I'm thinking it should be four lanes. I just think that's a good idea. Don't you live in Winnipeg? Well, we don't even live in Winnipeg. 
Yeah, we have I, horrible I, weather I, for I, roads. It's not their fault that they get broken down. Yeah, <laughs> no, but at least, at least, <laughs> at least through Manitoba, we have a four-lane highway pretty much to the Saskatchewan border. I'm talking, you know, like I, a big problem east and even through the Rocky Mountains from Banff to Kamloops. It's all two lanes. Yeah, but it's it's hard to do that through. Yeah, the but mountains. really? Well, the, yeah, I'm looking, I don't think I, I don't, don't say think it can't be done. Yeah, it can I think it's expensive. It's expensive, but I look at you know. It's doable, and I maybe think it's a worthwhile expense because you look at the Americans have punched three interstate freeways through the Rocky Mountains. Yeah, and how much deficit did they go into? Yeah, I, I agree. They are highly expensive, and given they did do three of them, and they are freeways. Now, I'm not proposing that. I'm saying let's just get a four-lane road. Yeah, and who's going to pay for it? Say. Are we going to pay for it? And maybe so I think, I think, the pri- I think that would be a worthwhile expenditure of the federal government is is to yeah, improve saying, infrastructure. How much is this cost? I think yeah. that uh, what well, you're saying here, cost I think billion dollars. I'm saying that's uh, under. Well, that's not that's capital cost. No capital cost. You're probably looking at ten billion dollars. Exactly. And where does this money but, come from? Well, we did just well, run a surplus of fifteen billion dollars. And that money has. We have a lot of people that want to get their hands on that surplus money. I know, but I eat the Canadian healthcare. But I know, but maybe if we invest ten billion dollars this year or over the next five years, maybe it might make the country another hundred billion over the next fifteen. But years. I'm saying, if you expand the highway, Mike, you're also paying more yeah, costs and to fix it up. Serena, I also think, I think the width of the highway reflects the importance of the road. I think. Rail is much more important for ferrying, particularly goods and freight know, oh, across but, that area. It, it is, than it's, 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 it's is. better, but okay. For example, try to transport. Um, it's, it's try to try and be the transport for Walmart. Okay, how does Walmart transfer like, all their it's, stuff? It's so terrible. Well, I hate. No, Walmart. but that's an example. Okay, how about windows? You can't transfer windows on trains yeah. because they're too rocky. You have to put them on trucks. Okay, and okay. Just yeah. Slow to start with. yeah, but the window Boiler economy is the window. Is so much faster. Yeah, the window economy is huge. That's what every building's yeah. got a couple. Okay, yeah, let's I, take this from the retail. <laughs> let's take this from the retail perspective. Okay. Where is most of the retail stuff coming from? Let's go Walmart. Let's okay. go Home Depot. Let's go Michaels. Home Depot. There. Home Depot is an interesting anomaly, actually. But and let's not get sidetracked. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Everything is coming from the south. So as long as the south the south connections are good, yeah. then we're in a happy camper zone. That's right cool. now, there's we have really no truckers coming. There really isn't well, that much shipping roads. going between uh, no, southern Ontario and uh, the west. Like there is, on, uh, there on is roads. A, I'm not going to say there's the most, but there is a fair amount of transfer. Because think of it. Think of things that come from Europe that have to get here. Where are they going to come? Port of Montreal. They, no, they, come, they, they go to Duluth, and then they, they go to Duluth, well, and then they got brought to the United no, States. No, containers don't, that's generally grains and stuff like that. Container no, that's ships, anything heavy. No, container, container ships stop at the Port of Montreal. No, we get container ships right into Winnipeg. Yeah. Container ships? No, no, into, no, no uh, into the prairies. What, uh, what's it called? Yeah. Intermodal <laughs> units, like <laughs> on train? Yes, yes. yes on train. <laughs> and some things can be shipped by train. And Most ch- things and some... can be shipped by train. Like that, that was the whole point of the Great Lakes expansion the great lakes uh, shipping project the was that idea. they could ship things super far in deep into the continent yes, but, extremely cheap but i'm going to tell you that 70% of it is grain oh, no yeah. I so mike so mike so mike if 70% of it is grain the remaining 30% only needs to be tra- is is the only no, thing that you're transferring by road so well no because what i'm saying is that the lakers the special boats for the great lakes Aren't equipped to contain or to carry containers. They they have grain holds, and then you have to you have Mike, to they carry all to, sorts no, of stuff. No, because have you ever seen a container ship? They're have a you, lot Mike, different than a grain ship. But they can still go all the way to Thunder Bay. Yes, water. but think of the money it would cost to build a half dozen of these containers, Lakers, versus 
upgrading the roads for the trucks we already and then, have. And then, and then refitting them the next year, and the year after, and the year after, and so the year we, after. So we gotta maintain after. these the ships, put no. gas in them. He's right. We don't, no. We don't pay for <laughs> that. To... No, we don't pay for that at all. That's the companies private, yeah. who have so yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay, this is a good idea. Why don't we make the Trans-Canada Highway a toll road? I disagree with that completely. You're going to want to pay a toll road. every time you go to your cottage, Mike? If it's 35 cents. That's, no, a, that's, a, common, not cents, cents, that's a common toll. It'll not be 35 cents. Even if it was a... If it's something big. Okay, you're paying I, two bucks, three bucks, they're in back. I know. I drove through Chicago, or went down to Chicago, and they had, I would say, a 35 cent toll and Mike, every and Mike, 30 but miles. But see, the thing is, you're talking about shipping in the Canadian yeah. economy. Yeah. So what you're saying is that the actual number of people that are going through this area is relatively <laughs> small. So but it, the it number could be of, opened up by a better highway. The amount of money you're no. going to sure. make from this toll is not going to near equal. He's talking about... People, as in normal people, as in rural people, tra driving from like Winnipeg to Toronto. Yeah. Most people fly. Yeah. It's a, it's a yes. 48-hour drive. I, I'll, I'll admit with the regular public, they would not a lot of people so would drive. So who's paying this toll? Truckers. Truckers will not pay a 35-cent toll. It's going to be cheaper than going through the U.S. Because no. then they have to pay brokerage fees. They have to pay border crossing fees. Yeah, but they, they don't pay tolls on the interstate. They from Toronto to Winnipeg. They fly or they there get real. There is a ton of no, stuff. No, there isn't. No. You, okay, Everything goes stand on the side sense. of the Trans-Canada Highway yeah. by Falcon Lake at about 3 in the morning and count yeah, how Mike, many semis you're going to yeah, see. Yeah, I know, but Mike, there. count how many semis you see breaking or slowing down at all. Those semis that are on the road already are fine. They're not having a problem. It's only this increased volume that you're okay. going to have a problem now, with. Now stand and, at the Emerson border crossing at about 3 in the morning and see how many semis fly through there, too. Coming into well, Canada. Yeah, exactly. That's the that's point. There's so much of the traffic is comes from the United States instead no, of from the east. Coming, it's coming Mo from the east via the United States. No, They're I'm all going to have a lot that of that stuff's coming from the Americans. I would, no, I would honestly American be interested companies. to see how many semis come up through that border crossing with Ontario license plates. Because I bet you there is a shit. Load. You know that semis do uh, change plates, eh? No, I'm talking about the cab. They or, have, or they, they could have just Canadian be, plates they and could just be a, uh, yes, they have dual They could just be an Ontario company that took something down to like Chicago, made a delivery, picked something up, and took it back up. Yep. That's possible. Michaels does that all the time. I know, yes. Walmart does that But all the time. I'm saying, I'm just saying that upgraded highways, and we could look at this from uh, all sorts of different highways. So, you know, the, the one going through to BC, that's the only one to get to Vancouver, and I can tell you there's a lot of like, stuff coming from Vancouver to Calgary. Much, the only, yes, but there's a big major, The yes, only major things that go back and forth between the east and the west are the west sends the east the raw materials like gas and uh, wheat and stuff like that, and then the east sends us like cars. Mm -hmm. But still, and a lot of it's still all done on, with trains. Like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Trains. Uh, there is still a pile of truck traffic. Well, I know, but the truck traffic no, doesn't, doesn't have a problem. And it's more and it efficient than yes, yes, it if does. It has to go through the United States, and that costs the economy no, money. No, it doesn't. The truck traffic that you see when you stand on the Amazon Highway is the stuff that's going through Canada. And there is no stuff, or at least no major portion of it, that's going through the United States. It's just not an issue. I... I'd be interested to talk to like Clayson's Transports or Transit yeah, and ask them how on their shipping route, like what they would tend to think. Yep, yeah, you keep saying I'd be interested to do this, but so you don't know. No, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't have the exact figures in front of me. All I, I know is an upgraded road system is figures. better <laughs> for the economy because <laughs> they can handle more and truck traffic. I'm saying that it is but, it's unfeasible, and who's going to be paying for it at the end? Well, yeah, we are the people exactly. Uh, yes, I, we are, and you know and what? These people paying higher prices for our goods and stuff. Yeah, and so and truck travel is a more is an inefficient form of uh, travel, anyways, because it uses up gas that trains don't. So, uh, you know, but, but the problem is, is, is if, if you're trying to say you're okay, 
On they, train, they, how do you get something to someone in Steinbeck? How do you do that, Ryan? Well, they, they, well, you, they, you, they you take it into Winnipeg and then you Steinbeck doesn't need fifty semi trucks exactly. worth of goods. They need they, like they need one, one small one. truck. One every like. Like, but not, but, but the thing is, is tra- it's cheaper to ship by, no, by no, truck than it is by train. No, no this it is, isn't. No, this yes. thing no is, it isn't. When you, you send, you have a truck full of goods, say even if it's cars, which most cars transport a train, yes. but even if it's cars from the east, you have a truck full of cars, you deliver them, you're not, the truck isn't driving down to each little town and all throughout Manitoba and no. delivering one car per town. No, but there are some they places come by that train. there is some things that they, okay. they come by train to Winnipeg and then from there they get distributed on a smaller scale because yeah, the truck yeah, all, all of our stuff is logical. shipped from Texas most of the Walmart stuff is for, also for shipped Michael's from Texas talking. Yeah, yeah and Walmart we both have our well, headquarters in Texas okay. no your Walmart's headquarters is in Bentonville Arkansas the Canadian one is in Texas no it's not okay. it's in yes, Bentonville it Arkansas I will bet you ten dollars that Walmart's headquarters is in Bentonville Arkansas you owe me still ten dollars from a long time ago do I? yes you do okay then if I'm right we're even <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyways and how, Walmart and Michaels both ship their stuff, not by truck, but by train to North Dakota, so and then from truck efficient. to Win- uh, by truck to Winnipeg from North Dakota. Thereby, I'm, it is what? more efficient to ship by rail than it is by truck. I'm, I'm going to come back to the. I'm anyway, going to come back next episode to this. Uh, yeah. And because we're we're at just about an hour now. We're at about an hour. Can it's can we just get a, can we get a just like, one more thing on the infrastructure thing? Does I was going to split it. But well, like this what? Okay, we're going to make part one and part two. Well, because we're going to be uh, you know so what we're thirty meg for an hour, big deal. Okay, continue. Continue. Get off the tech thing. One last thing on highways and infrastructure. Who here thinks that Keniston, well, and Bishop Grandin should be a freeway to help? Keniston has too much around it. You should go to Minneapolis and see the way they run freeways for old developments. And to put it in now, put it in now would be way too late to put in because there's just too much stuff that you have to demolish a lot of stores. You know what? You would not have to demolish much more than a sidewalk to do it all the way from the St. James Bridge to somewhere. Okay. No, you have to rip out all of Christina's neighborhood. No, you don't. Oh, we can change everything. No, no, no. Well, notwithstanding what happens. Notwithstanding clause. There we go. And what happens to these homes that you're talking about? They are that, completely. Yeah. The ones that are owned by Canada the ones, Land. The ones that are the next to the No, they are. They're privately owned still. The ones between Grant and... The one where Christina lives right now. Yeah, I know. That's past Corden. That is part of the development that's looking at getting into, uh, into the... The city. Course. Yeah, the sixth lane. Yeah, well, and that's... Maybe Bishop Grandin would be good Bishop because Grandin. Bishop Grandin... Bishop, maybe... But, like, once you, even at Dakota and St. Mary's, there's still just too much stuff around to put any, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you do a diamond intersection, there's, there's more than enough room It's there. a wasted opportunity. If it, it would have been fine five years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. It would, be, it would have been a good idea it. 25 years ago when, when the road was built. Yeah, when they first expropriated but... my grandpa's brother's land. Yeah. Well, I'm looking, I'm looking at what the city did. I don't know if you know um, King Edward between Portage Avenue and Silver there, that little stretch. They actually actually expropriated a full street and the houses on both sides to put that road through. Because I don't know if you notice, you see a chain link fence on both sides and back lanes. Because they took out an entire street and entire houses on both sides. So the city has in the past expropriated housing to put roads in that were vitally needed. 
Yeah, but, but Bishop it's isn't not, vitally not needed to be a It'd be nice. It's, it's, it's a nice, huge but connector. It's, it's, it's the inner perimeter, really. Well, I know. It'd but, be nice. It'd be like, because, uh, so what all that would really do is make it so people don't get pissed off sitting at the light. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't cause any major problems. It is yeah. the most dangerous intersection yeah. in the city. Yeah, that's only Bishop Grandin and Dakota. Dakota? Dakota? Yeah, Dakota. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's Dakota. No, it's Dakota. And I look at the simple just time. <laughs> if they could at least put an overpass at River and Bishop Granite, okay. that would speed everything up. Mike, take no. us a perspective. We are Winnipeggers. We don't understand what traffic jams really are. I know. It's crazy yeah. talk so in Winnipeg. Take 10 minutes, Actually, go over to Toronto in rush hour, and see yeah, how long you sit. Minutes. No, well, Transporter technology. Whatever. It's take a day, go over to Toronto. How long will it take by or car? Or even LA or something. <laughs> it's it's hours. Worse, but yeah. I'm saying, sit in Toronto. Yeah. Between two blocks, move your car from spot A to spot B. That's an hour. Yeah. Yes, I, I agree. Winnipeg is, is... It takes 20 minutes for me to take a bus from here to the university. Yeah. I may complain because it's kind of low, it's traffic, we're going 50 kilometers per hour, oh my. Yeah. It's somewhat unreasonable, but honestly, we're bitching about absolutely nothing. Yeah, well, it's really not that much of a problem. I, and I, I admit, but I just think that, you know, from a safety perspective... It's a good idea. Well, maybe at River. See, I can see maybe at River they expanded the bridge. So yeah, the I know. Bridge, yeah. Just keep, yeah, I know. Especially before, when they're already up high if, to go yeah, over the bridge. If the bridge started before River Road, that would make sense. Yeah, I know. But and I think the other intersections, be a good, is yeah. just, there's too much. I just look at, I look at the traffic late. and how, I don't know if you notice, you come down Bishop Grand and eastbound towards uh, St. Mattel Center from Pemina Highway. And it's like you just see brake lights all the way back from St. Oh, Mary's. Yeah. Like, yeah, because like, the mall is just so bad with well, it's, traffic. It's just St. Anne's, St. Mary's, and Dakota. Anything past yeah. St. Anne's out to the Lajamodi is fine. Yeah, there's a there's couple a problems with those lights at Island Lakes. Yeah, they're those, red, those could but be maybe put into like just like some sort of... Diamond lover passes. Yeah, something. But, I, you know, and I think really it, it would be expensive, but... It, it would work so well. I'm saying you're complaining over nothing. Yeah. But yeah. Well, that's we part of the reason this podcast is to complain about but nothing. If, <laughs> say we build more houses in the south of the city, then we're going to need something that's yeah, a little like, faster. Like, like Waverly West. The city is going north. to grow. But, like, uh, the problem but, is... Well, that's why I'm talking about Beniston. But then you're going left and you're heading but down to no, university. If you're building houses in the southern part of the city, but it runs east to west. It doesn't get you anywhere. Well, no, it does get you to St. Vitale. St. Vitale is a fairly large hub. And then I'm I think Keniston should be freeway all the way north to Pole Park. Oh, oh, during construction, yeah. Can, there's a, there's a freeway in Minneapolis. I know, but there's a freeway in Minneapolis, and I guarantee you it takes up less room than Keniston does right now, and it goes from the Minneapolis airport right into the downtown core of Minneapolis, and it's like, it is so tight, but it works, okay. and it has an overpass is at every intersection. Okay. But how much traffic do they have? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, the city of Minneapolis, Minneapolis is Minneapolis proper is smaller than, than no, Winnipeg. No, Minneapolis is a major, major transportation. And, and everyone well, stops over in Minneapolis Airport. Yeah, exactly. Well, if they're flying northwest, it's not yes. just the population of the city. Not everyone goes to the university. It's the, all, all the people that come through that. But, but I'm saying is, is that you know, it, it's a, you can no. do it in small areas. But <laughs> <laughs> Minneapolis proper is smaller than Winnipeg. There's so proper. many things that we could spend that money on better. Like, yeah, that's totally true. Improving downtown for one. Well, yeah. But there are people that just don't want to live downtown. They want to live in the city. Part of us. Anything North of Higgins. Well, you know, you know, another way to ease the traffic problem would be encourage less urban sprawl out south. Well, and we could also have a mass transit system like an LRT. Maybe we should build up instead of. Houses upon houses. We can build down. Have an underground. 
You have to Jeff? This is your yes, son, like, okay, Serena has to go. She has an important meeting. I'm sure it's important. Coffee. Or at least she's going to say it's important. Coffee. Just because she doesn't want to keep arguing here, probably. No, no, no. I love to keep arguing, but unfortunately, I have prior engagements for a Tim Hortons coffee meeting that I cannot get out of because six people are waiting on me. Oh, that's Tim Hortons coffee. Prime staple of Canadian diet. Yeah. It is. That's what I was saying before. Hey, hey, does, does anybody want to do the Omifo site? Like, actually do it? Because I don't know. Hey, why are you pointing at me? <laughs> do what site? Wait, what? That's all the old, like, this podcast site? Oh, no, I know I, I, I how to use Flash, but I don't have any sites that well. You know how to use Flash? Make, I do know how to use Flash. Ooh, I could use you. I don't know a thing about Flash. <laughs> uh, I do $12 an hour for Flash teaching. <laughs> <laughs> I took a class on Flash. I, I think we should end this podcast yeah, right now. Kind of, yeah, yeah, think we should end it? Right. Okay, yeah. you want to add something? You want to add something? No, I said... And done. Uh, Okay, well, I'm just going to tell everybody to stay tuned for next episode where we're going to have Aiden Morgan back, hopefully, because he wanted to debate Quebec and separatism. (laughs) And I also want to tell everybody to stay tuned for our election special podcast we're going to be doing for on Sunday before the election. That's a week today, Sunday. And we're also going to do another one Tuesday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. And, uh, in probably in one of those debates, probably the Sunday one, we're gonna probably have our big healthcare debate. Healthcare, healthcare, going, healthcare. And hopefully we get our, <laughs> hopefully we get our facts checked. Uh, so yeah. stay tuned for next podcast. This is Omafo in the can.